Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Today on the show, we get to meet Dr. Martha Reed. Dr. Martha has overcome many of her own fears and limiting behaviors, embraced her intuitive gift as a psychic medium, left a very successful 20-year career to pursue her dreams. She's authored three books, including The Dragonfly Effect, and co-authored two others. She has recorded eight self-help hypnosis CDs, created a free self-hypnosis app, has become an international speaker, and currently the owner and operator of the Insights for Life Center for Wellness, as well as seeing clients daily in person or through Skype or on the phone. She's the founder of the programs The Dragonfly Effect, Onward and Upwards, and White Light Therapy, Spectrum Energy Healing. There is so much more to tell you about Dr. Martha, but I feel this incredible woman needs to share those things in her own words. You can read up more and find out more about her services on her website, which is insightsforlife.center. Dr. Martha Reed, a warm welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Me too. Me too. We're recording this on a Saturday in January 2019 for our friends who might be listening well in the future. And you're in Arizona, correct? I am. Beautiful. I'm in Massachusetts, all bundled up a little bit of a head cold, so I might need to mute myself and cough a couple of times, but not to fear. I'm here and I'm listening. So, well, I'm sending you some beautiful warm weather from us here. Oh, thanks for that. I love the sunshine. But Dr. Martha, tell us about you. you. There's so much that you have done and maybe just a little bit of your, your backstory, how you got involved with this wonderful world. And um, yeah, the floor is yours, my friend. Okay. So my story is a very, very long story, so we won't go into the complete story. But the short version of me is that I have um, always had the gift of knowing. I say that I was born with it because there's not a time that I'm aware of that I did not have this gift. And not that I always embraced it, but it, it took me a long time to even know I had it. But looking back, um, there was something that is just come so natural to me that I can't separate a time when I'm not in that space versus when I am. It's just so who I am. And with that, growing up, I had a lot of challenges from other people, from people, you know, bullying me to mocking me to make to making fun of me, dismissing me. And it was very overwhelming. And as I grew older, I started delving into, you know, what, what is it like to be psychic? How do you become psychic? So it went kind of a, an interesting path of learning, um, trying to figure out what that was. And I was like, dreaming that someday I was going to be this psychic, not even realizing that I already was. Right. And that was the very pull that was taking me to it. Aside from that, I then um, be, you know, graduated high school and went to go into college. And as I went to the college, I wanted to become a uh, counselor. Um, drawing a blank right now. Um, oh, my gosh. Well, it was a, a form of counseling I wanted to go to. My yeah. advisor yeah. Said, said to me that 
he didn't recommend that I take that path. He told me, you're going to spend all of this money going to school for a profession that will not pay for itself. And completely steered me in a different direction and sent me into um, a degree of business. He told me that was safe and I'd be able to make my money back and to completely not go the counseling direction. Interesting. Really interesting to me because who, who would do that? But I feel like that person was put into place for a reason for me. And I went through and graduated with my degree in business, but I, I hated every single minute of it. And I, it just wasn't who I was, but I did it. And I, you know, then continued on my journey of going into the corporate world, which you talked about. And and while I was there, there was everything in me that was calling me to do something different. And I never lost that side of me that wanted to help and to serve and wanted to counsel on some level, which is where I began my next studies, where I became a um, spiritual counselor, moving on into uh, my degree to uh, holistic life counseling and, and earning my doctorate in that. And from there, um, in the midst of all of this, I was opening my wellness center, I was trying to expand from a home-based business into my um, what became my center that I have now along with um, salt float therapy. And that's kind of who I am and what I've done in my journey to get here. But the, the interesting thing is, is I was guided all along to get to where I am now. But that man that was the counselor who steered me away from that profession, he actually was a catalyst, um, a huge catalyst. And I believe he was an angel of some sort that was put there for me. Because had I went the traditional route of counseling, licensure, and, and went into that realm through insurance and all of that that goes with it, I would not have been able to expand upon my intuitive side, my natural gifts, because I would have been limited by law. And I would not have been able to practice a lot of the things that I practice and and use as modalities with my clients. Does that make sense? It does. And it's interesting to me because even looking back on my own life, there's times that I think things could have been done differently, or why did this happen? Or why did this person do that? But then go forward in time and you look back and it's like, aha, those things needed to happen the way they did. So I can be just where I am right now. So to bless it, even though we might be in something tough right now and not understand it, there might be a bigger picture. So it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to ask you too, because I, I think, you know, you, me, everybody, we live in our own shoes and we only see our life. So we don't often see how extraordinary we are. So we don't toot our own horns enough. But you're a remarkable woman who's really made a difference in the lives of just thousands. Well, who knows how many people. But mm-hmm. I want, yeah, and I want to thank you for all that you've done because you've really given your life to making a difference. But as the show is called We Don't Die, do you have any stories that for yourself, why you believe in the afterlife? 
Yes, I have so many stories connected to um, visits I've had from people on the other side, and whether it come in uh, the form of angels or guides or, or, you know, people. But there's one particular story that I've been guided to share today, and it's a story that I've never openly really talked about, um, but I think today is the day. And it's not because it bothers me or anything. It's just something that hasn't been shared. And that is going back, you know, a few years back, maybe five or so. I'm not actually sure um, right now, but um, it was the story of when my second oldest brother passed. And the reason I'm wanting to share this is, you know, we're talking about how we don't die there were so many signs that happened to me um, the, that tried to let me know that he was crossing and it was outreaches from him. So I had during the day, I'll just start the story because it's a crazy one. So it was Easter and I woke up that morning to a song playing in my head and it was driving me insane I can't remember what the song was right now, but that day I remember it kept playing and I was overwhelmed with this form of grief. I felt like somebody was going to die and being you know, the intuitive I am and I have the ability to feel uh, a lot, oftentimes what's going on in other people. I just kept feeling this feeling of somebody is going to die. Well, that morning, I just was convinced that it was going to be my husband. I don't know why, but that's who I knew it was a male it was close to me. And I kept feeling like it was him. So as he left, I kept telling him, please promise me you're going to come home today and or tomorrow because he's a fireman. And I, please tell me you're going to come home. And he's like, I know my job is to come home every day and to be safe. I'm, nothing's going to happen to me. He goes off to work. And all of a sudden, my doorbell rings. My doorbell rings, and it's a coworker of my husband. And he shows up Easter morning with his two children, wanting me to babysit them because he wanted to do an overtime shift. I was obviously quite perturbed at the time because why would somebody show up on a holiday with their kids without even asking you? Right. And and, you know, it's Easter morning. And so he shows up and I take his children in because that's just what I do. And and I, in, in fairness, I had said, hey, if you ever need me to, I can do this. But I thought he might at least ask me if I had any plans or could do it. So he drops these two little kids off, like three and five years old. No, three and, yeah, maybe five. So he drops them off and I'm very perturbed. And so I'm packing all the kids up. I'm getting them ready. And I'm trying to think, how do I deal with this? These kids, I only have Easter baskets for my two girls. Now I have two other girls and we're going to my parents for um, an Easter egg hunt and, you know, the things you do on Easter and Easter dinner. So I'm packing them up, trying to figure out what's happening. And I open the garage door and I look at my car and I'm like, oh, no, I only have four seats in my car. So that means I, I have one extra child with a car seat that I don't know what to do with. Oh, no. So in that oh, moment, no. I'm like, Oh no. 
So I'll call my dad and have my dad come over and he will um, be able to take one of these kids with him. Oh, that's how I'll do it. Well, in that moment, I became completely overwhelmed because I already knew somebody was going to die. And now it transferred to, oh, no, my father is going to die on his way over. It was the Oh, awful. Day ever for an empath. And I was overwhelmed to the point where I could not shake the feeling. So this so now my dad's on his way over and now I'm like faced with, oh, no. Who do I put in the car with him? Like, who do I sacrifice? Like if he if he does make it here, what child do I put in the vehicle with him? And these were the most random thoughts that were coming over me. And I know that I was in my, my ego and I was in fear, but yet I was still had the connection to, to spirit trying to get my attention, but I was overcome with these emotions. So in the thought process, I'm like, okay, I'll put the little ones in my car and I'll have my oldest daughter who was like nine at the time go as his eyes. So he pulls up. And I'm like, okay, he didn't die on the way over, but oh no, what's going to happen on the way? So I tell my oldest daughter, you have to be his eyes. You have to be his ears. Watch the red lights. Watch for cars. Like I'm like putting this major pressure on her looking back on the scene. And she was, you know, like, okay, mom. Well, as we put them in the car, I go back into the house to get the baskets because it's hot here and um, in the end of March. And I was going to get the chocolates and all the baskets. And as I go into the house, there's this giant blackbird in my house. I have no idea how this giant crow-like blackbird got in my house. And my dogs were chasing this bird. There were feathers flying. It was hitting the wall. And I'm already upset and crying that my daughter, my um, you know, my children, you know, somebody's gonna die, all this stuff going on, and now I have a giant bird in my house. I think the dogs want to tell their side of the story now, too. I know, <laughs> they're, yeah, they're always trying to chime in and tell us. I think somebody's out there at the door or something, so I apologize That's for cute. that. No, no, it's okay, it just makes us human, so it's just yeah, fine. They're Those, like, they're, Go hey, she's down. talking about us. It's our story. I know. Yeah. Go ahead. Just do what you can. We can hear you, though. Okay, good. So I um, went to, um, you know, try to get this bird out of my house. And the dogs were flying everywhere. And I can't, you know, get this bird out. And I'm crying. And I'm a mess. And um, so I just dropped to my knees. My back door was cracked a little bit. Um, and so I, I just dropped out of my knees. And I was like, you know, angels, God, creator, source, fairies, whoever, somebody, please come and help me with this bird. And um, when I did, this bird flew under my arm and right out the door. And it felt as if something just guided it in an exit. It was the weirdest thing. But out it went. Yeah. And so now um, I go into the, oh my gosh, superstition says if you're a bird in your house is um, 
you know, uh, a message of impending doom. Right. So I'm going back to, I'm like, oh no, this is more proof somebody's going to die. And um, so now I'm thinking that it's telling me that they're going to be dying or on the way to my mom's house. So I get in the car, call my mom. I'm like, mom, you're not going to believe what happened. And I have um, a convertible. So I had the kids in the car and one of the little girls that had been dropped off was yelling, you know, open, open the top, open the top. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to open this top because I need some air. I just need to breathe. So we pull out and my I'm dialing my mom and we're, we drive around the corner and I'm like, mom, you're not going to believe what happened. I start to tell her the story of the bird. And right then, not one, but two pigeons hit my windshield flew over the top of my car with the top down. Now feathers are flying everywhere. Oh my God. And the kids are screaming like the dogs in the background. And now my mom is freaking out because she's like, my mom always said, that's a sure sign of death, a black bird. And it was about a blackbird. And now I have the other two birds hitting me. And so, you know, and she said, and, and then she said to me, this is a terrible day. I woke up this morning with a song playing in my head so much so it was just the music that I had to get up and put it on to listen to the words. And that's when I told her my story and what was going on with me. So um, there's definitely spirit from the other side was trying to get the family's attention. And it was in a very important way trying to get a message to me. So. We went to my mother's that day and I just throughout the day, I just kept, I just wouldn't stop. Like it wouldn't end. It was just the grief just kept going and it just kept hitting me in waves. And to the point I finally was like, I just can't do this anymore, mom. I have to go home. Couldn't even stay for dinner. I just needed to get home. That's all I knew is I had to get home. I had to get out of there. I had to get home. So on my way home, I was now again, back with, oh no, I have, my dad's going to die on the way over. We have one of these kids, the more stress of that. And um, finally we made it home. I, I'm relieved that all the kids are safe. My, you know, everybody's okay. And then I just had to watch my dad pull away. And I, I could never explain that feeling of how it feels to just watch somebody when feel like they're going to die. This is the last you're going to see them. It was so overwhelming. I will never feel it again. But I know that it was spirit speaking to me. And so we go into the house and I'm going in through the front door with all these kids and the phone rings. And back then I had a cordless phone and it had a little caller ID on it and it was sitting on its charger and I was walking in the front door and I look at that and it has a 800 number on it. I become so upset because who would be calling from a sales call to be calling me on Easter? Easter. It's either salespeople. I was so over salespeople at that time. Yes. And I was so angry. Yeah. How dare they call, you know, four o'clock on a Sunday um, on Easter? And I just kept on walking, taking the stuff in. And all of a sudden, I hear this little tiny voice from this little girl. She 
she's three years old, she picks up the phone. Hello. <laughs> like, no, she did not answer that call. <laughs> but thank goodness that she did because she hands me the phone and he says, is, you know, is this Martha Reed? I said, yes, it is. He said, oh, thank God you answered. This is the deputy coroner's office in Fresno, California. And that's when he went to tell me about my brother who had passed from a accidental um, heroin overdose. He um, had been clean for a while and there was some guy who just kept bugging him and bugging him and he gave in. So he, when he did this heroin, it was actually bad. Not that there's any good heroin, but there was right. something, right. you know, it was not legitimate or something. But anyway, it blew his heart up instantly. So he died while basically getting high on this heroin. So in that moment, it, you know, I, had I not followed those nudges to get home, we would have never known. We hadn't, I hadn't spoke to my brother in a couple of years, although several times um, he had come to me in dreams where we would meet in spirit and I'd see where he was living, what he was doing. And then when we would speak, he would confirm it. So I know they were actual and I would actually travel and see him. But that deputy coroner said, you were my last call. I have been calling. Nobody's answering. And I can't get a hold of anyone. So you were my last um, try before his body became um, something of the state. Like they just um, cremate them and then it would be unknown. So luckily that those kids were dropped off that day. Luckily we came home like, but I believe that that feeling was trying to get me to stay home to make sure I got that call but either way through it all, I ended up back home at the exact right time. I mean, literally walking in the door. And that was because I couldn't shake that feeling at my mom's that I had to go home. I just couldn't take it anymore. So I think spirit um, and our deceased loved ones, um, you know, they they communicate with us. Not that we always listen or that we're always, you know, paying a- attention. And sometimes they have to take drastic measures to try to get us to, you know, do something. So um, that was the backstory on him. And I think that's amazing because there was so much um, that came from spirit to assist in that. But then the next part I wanted to share is that. So then I sat um, in meditation, like trying to figure out what to do, trying to connect with him. Well, that night um, I, I got the message to work with a a friend of mine who actually connects people, um, because I was very sad and, you know, I normally would be able to connect easily, but I was having trouble because of my own grief and what I was going through. So I, yeah. And so I sought assistance from, um, another friend of mine and through our journey and our vision, What we found is the reason he was trying to get my attention is because he thought he was dreaming. So when he was on his heroin, when he died, he didn't know he was dead. He thought he was living in a dream land. He thought he was just tripping on, you know, his high. He did not know that he was dead. Right. So... 
in that he kept describing to me that he had he had floated up. And he said he was walking. He had been walking for hours and he was looking for help. He was he was calling to somebody to help him find his way out of this. What he described is like a it looked like a sunrise or a sunset on the bottom. It was a gray, dark area in the middle. And then there was a thin strip of what looked like sunset colors on the top. But he felt like it was an endless walk in an endless journey and he was all alone in this space and he was calling and calling and like trying because oftentimes when he was alive it was me who he would call as his support to help him and and to to guide him so I think that's why a lot of those feelings were there was because his soul was was like looking for help because he thought he was just on a bad trip and could not you know wake up from it and so he, he didn't even know he had died. So in that process, what we did was uh, we went in and we, you know, had a had a heart to heart with him and told him what happened. And he, um, you know, shared with me his regrets and and his, you know, his sorrows and his apologies. It was he could not stop apologizing enough for, you know, what had happened. And at that point time um it was it allowed him to begin to rise up out of this space or this in-between section and um uncorded him from his body so he could actually let go and transition out to the next to the next world or heaven or wherever it is that um his next you know place would be i was not shown that um i can just only imagine that because I, he was rising up in this and he was in full form and it, I could see his body. Um, it wasn't like he was a, a ball of energy. He appeared to me as if he were, um, you know, on earth, how I saw him. But because he was rising up and moving out through this, I felt like he was evolving into something better. And there was a relief in him and then letting go. Does that make sense what I'm saying? It does. I'm yeah. picturing it. Yeah, it's it's a um it was a very interesting scene for me in this vision, but Wow. I've heard just so many stories of death impacts so many different ways and the and the different visions and I just find it very interesting that it was like a, a wake-up call for you that something was going on and did it help did this whole experience help strengthen you with your own intuitiveness and your own self-beliefs and like this is real this is true this is the direction I need to go is to help people tap into their own I'm going to use the term soul power but whatever it is that you use uh, absolutely it gave me 100% absolute you know conviction and clarity that there is more um there is there is so much more beyond us and that my talking with spirit and my connections um and my knowing and my instincts and my feelings are beyond a doubt um to trust them um you know explicitly 
I may not, if my ego's involved or my, you know, fear is um, present, I need to, and it also allowed me to uh, remember to step outside of that and away from that um, to be as clear as possible. And I think that sometimes that's what happens is our, when I say ego, I'm not meaning it in a bad way. It's just our, our human self. And we sometimes, that, that story of that human self interferes with our higher self, our spirit self, and our knowing. And even in those moments, we have to learn to sit with that and separate the fear from the reality, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Living in a so human mind and body myself, I deal with all that. <laughs> so it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was in, I was feeling this feeling. And you know, the other thing it is, is I have, it gave me such a sense of what it feels like to grieve for someone and the loss of something. It, because the feelings, I think spirit was instructing this whole thing it gave me such an imprint of what pain feels like for for people not just myself the pain of him what he was going through the confusion and what it feels like to worry and to have fears of dying fear of death these are things i hadn't really experienced the because I'm not a worrier, I'm not somebody who suffers with those things, but I have a complete compassion and understanding for that now. What that feels like, and how to help someone move through that and re, you know, look back and relate and move forward. And I think that was a very important lesson that my brother afforded me um, in, in his passing. You know, this is a poor comparison, I think, but I had to put my cat to sleep uh, just six years ago, and the next day I had to do the final proof of my book before it went to print, and I, I, you know, I had my cat a long time, and I loved her dearly, and yeah. what happened I didn't anticipate is because I felt such deep grief, and those of us who have animal companions know how much unconditional love they they have for us and us for them. But I was in such a de- deep state of grief, and I had to experience that and then reread my book that last time before it went to print to know the impact that those words would have on a grieving person, because it lifted me from the depths of grief to giving me understanding and tools to help me feel better. And I can't help but think you living in the shoes of whether it's the fear, having death be so present and around, you have gone on to not only be a psychic medium, but get into hypnotherapy. And now everything else you're up to really does help people live fulfilled lives, get unstuck you know, all that feel self-love, all those things. And you could never be doing them had you not had that experience yourself. Yep. And I think that your comparison is absolutely correct and spot on with it. And it, it, it is truly about all those experiences and the part about 
how angry I was at all of the things that was interrupting my grieving process or my worrying, you know, the things that showed up like the kids and the birds and the, you know, the music and being woke up and like the caller uh, on the phone, like all of the things I became angry about were actually things looking back that were things that were put into place to help me. And oftentimes we look at all these tragedies or all these upsets in our life and think of them as, you know, victims of circumstance or poor me. And if we really look at the impact that moment had on the future um, event and how it truly always is in our best, you know, interest for these things to happen, they always come back. You can always look back and see how they helped you. So remembering that in those moments that these terrible things um, are actually for our highest good is very, very difficult. And we don't have to actually acknowledge it in the, in the meantime, but once we do get out of it, it's very important to look back at it and to release the anger at it in, in that realization that it really was for you. Yeah, it's hard. Like you say, it's hard in the, in the middle of it to feel that. But looking back, that's the hard stuff is where we learn. And I do subscribe that life is an education for the soul and that we're here to have such contrast of different emotions and experiences for that soul growth. And I wish it came from all the easy stuff, but it's the tough stuff that really has us grow. Uh, Dr. Martha, mm -hmm. I want to hear a little bit now about, oh gosh, your business what the dragonfly effect is, your, what you do, because just looking on your website, I thought, oh my gosh, this woman is such a giver. It's like everything you've learned, you continue to share and you will custom mold a program for anybody with what they need. But it sounds like you really are passionate about the dragonfly effect and, and just whatever else. Cause I, obviously I haven't spent much time with you. So I would love for you to share because I, it's great to believe in the afterlife. And I think that's super because that gives us a real sense of peace about life. But then it's like, okay, if we don't die, what's our life for? And I know you are passionate about having people live their best lives. So would you share about that? And why yeah. the dragonfly? Why the dragonfly? <sighs> yeah. So part of, uh, talking about, um, you know, the, the pain of life in the spirit world, I have a belief that here as these human beings having this spiritual experience, we are always, you know, taught we want to be in balance, we want to be centered. But it's my understanding, and part of this comes from the dragonfly, is that we are meant to be a pendulum. So we have our spiritual side, and we have our human side. And the center is where we become back to through experiences. So life has to swing us over into our human experiences for lessons and learning. Our spirit pulls the pendulum back to center. So we are very fluid. We go back and forth between our lessons and our knowing. And when we, so I don't believe what we're always supposed to be at center and always try to stay balanced and calm I feel we need these lessons and these emotions in order for us to evolve. So um, the dragon that I, I wrote a book, my most recent book is called Dragonfly Insights. And this book um, has been a long time coming and I wrote it through 
um, a lot of retreats that I hold from the Dragonfly Effect. Um, at one point, I was calling it Awaken Your Inner Warrior, but it has evolved into Onward and Upward because it's all about transcending everything we've ever been through in the past and allowing us to be able to evolve out of those, you know, murky waters or times and up and into the light where we're able to be, you know, free and to move in any direction that we want. And so the, the dragonfly actually came to me in uh, a vision several times. And this is how I know that it's one of my totems is the dragonfly came to me and said to me that if a dragonfly is in perfect balance and working in perfect harmony, all four of its wings, that is, it is able to move in any direction that it chooses. And if one of those wings is slightly out of balance or out of calibration, it might still get to where it wants to go, but it won't get there without struggle. And it surely won't get there with ease and grace. If one of those wings is completely missing or broken, the best that it can hope for is to just spin in circles, not going anywhere or become very dependent or codependent on someone else for its own survival or possibly give up completely, maybe even just lay down and die. And it said to me, and the same is true for you. If your wings are out of balance or out of calibration, the, the same thing would be um, true for you. And those wings represent the emotional, mental, spiritual, and physical body. So we have to make sure all those areas and aspects of our being are nurtured and cared for and working in perfect calibration, or at least in as close of proximity as possible so that we're able to move in any direction that we choose. Um, does that make sense? It does. I'm yeah. just ready for more. Yeah. And it's real. And then it would show me how, I mean, it literally gave me the vision of what it would look like if those aspects were missing. So that's how, you know, at the time I was trying to, who am I? What am I doing? Where, how do I focus? I've got 25,000 things. And, you know, how do I narrow it down to say one thing that I do? And because I was guided to do all of these different modalities. So what I've done is, that's where I created the dragonfly effect. And basically in that program, what we do is we look at our life in seven year increments. So each one of these increments, um, like birth till seven is the same kind of lineup as our, our chakra system in our body. So the birth to seven is red. So what we do is we go through uh, through this time period of our life and we look at it, we, we evaluate it, and we work through um, anything that would keep us from feeling ungrounded, unsafe, unfulfilled, you know, not walking our path, not moving towards our destiny. And from and we go up through up through the crown. So there's a total of eight different steps in the program that we do. And a lot of it is based off of the use of color because color being um, a frequency and it's all around us is very powerful in helping to bring us back into balance. And one little thing I'll say is that like the, we're speaking of the color red in the root chakra from uh, birth till seven, it's actually always active. It's never not active. It just has, it has 
learning periods that are more powerful than others. And that is one of the um, biggest growth time for that energy center is during that year. And when I was talking about that pendulum earlier, if you think about um, the color red, it can be very dull, it can be very um, dark and, and deep, and it could also be a very bright fire engine, you know, radiant red. So there's a spectrum in this color and thing that either is too hot or too cold. And if it's too, when I say cold, that means that it has less energy versus too much energy. So sometimes if a an energy center is too hot, you've got rage and anger and you're you're taking risks that you shouldn't and your um, your passion is, you know, you might have addictions. It's very strong and intense versus the the more water element, the cooler element, the less energy element, which would take us into fear and it would take us into insecurities and being afraid and phobias and and not being able to take risk and not being able to move very um, like your life force would be very, very dim. And so in the program, what we want, we try to find out, you know, what is causing this imbalance in our finances, our sense of security and, um, you know, our feeling connected or grounded or feeling like a leaf blowing in the wind, whatever it is, we try to address those emotions because the emotions are are symptoms of something. And we try to um, basically bring it back to a, a neutral state um, because of the experiences on both sides that created this imbalance. And I mean, we're never going to erase those memories and nor would we want to. The lessons are there. We just don't want them affecting us. So everything we've ever been through in life is either good, bad, or neutral or indifferent. And we want to be able to tap into those and tap back into center without them wrecking havoc on our lives. Wow. Wow. Um, I just just wanted to ask you, is there anything you could give us or a tool we could use now, I, I'm sure there's always listeners that will purchase a copy of a book or attend one of your programs and go to your website. But is there anything you could give us for maybe today that it could be a little, just a little piece of what you're talking about that we could use to bring a little bit more balance into our life? And I'm, I'm feeling bad for the dragonfly with three wings. And <laughs> but do you, is there anything that you're... Um, sense that might be just a little thing that could give us a little nugget of what you're talking about for our lives today? Um, well, that's a big question. Yeah, I know it is. Yeah. Well, I think that if we just pay attention to colors, the colors are, they're very important um, in our lives. So an, an exercise that we can do to help us in that balancing is to do what I call um, color conscious choosing. So let's say today we wake up and we're feeling blue and we're kind of sad and, you know, we're just, I don't know, we're just not wanting to go to work today because we're just feeling down. So when you think about the color blue, it's it's 
um, a very down color. If we pay attention to our, our emotions when we wake up, we want to obviously not put more blue on because we're going to be adding to that feeling because they do affect us. So what I'm going to suggest is if you're feeling any way other than a way that you want to feel, if you have um, some articles of uh, solid clothing or maybe um, just anything that would be of solid color that light could go through, you can take these colors and I use color swatches. I have actually um, silk scarves and I'll place those over my eyes and I'll check in with myself and I'll say, how does this make me feel? Does it make me feel better? Does it make me feel worse? And so I'll pick colors that vibrationally are, bring me up um, into a better space of where I am. And then that's the color I'll wear for the day. I will at, I will use that color to be what helps bring me out of this down state. And the same is true if I wake up and I'm just woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Or I'm just not, you know, you know, angry or just irritable. I'll look for a color that's going to calm me down and bring me a sense of peace. And then I will wear that color that day to help me. Um, and I call it color conscious choosing because we're using that to help us feel the way we want to feel. It's a small thing, but it's it actually is a, a, a very big impact. You know what I'm thinking also is when we were kids, there was a lot to do with color and imagination and creativity. And I know we've got our left brain and our right brain, but I can't help but think to give somebody a tool like this focusing on color might really engage that creative part of our mind. And I believe that creative part of our mind is a direct link to tapping into our soul power, our psychic abilities and all that. So I just sense myself that paying more attention to color will help me be more in the present moment and more open to what's possible. Yeah. And you'll notice that certain colors when you find, you know, that they affect you in certain ways, you'll start noticing in your surrounding what's what's actually working for you and what's not. And oftentimes we're attracted to colors that keep us the same. So we always pick the same ones. We don't go towards ones that make us uncomfortable and or we avoid colors that would create change. So sometimes that which we avoid is actually what we need. And we can tell that by just experimenting with it. Very interesting. Well, thank you for that. I always like to get a little nugget that we can use right now because I, I, you know, I, I definitely love researching the guests and buy, I have a lot of books on my shelf and uh, yeah. I'll have yours as well. And did you write a children's book too? I did. Um, my children's book is called Sunny Flower and His Very Good Friend. And it's a story of a little sprout and a dragonfly fairy. Go figure. There's the dragonfly uh -huh. again. Yeah. And it's a, it's a children's book um, for, for young children. Um, I would say, you know, three to, to five. But the story in, um, behind it, the metaphor behind it is good for anybody. And it's just... You know, it will help children who found themselves in a place that they felt like they didn't belong. Maybe they're being bullied. Maybe they're being, they've 
their parents are going through a divorce. They've moved. They didn't want to. They ended up staying with a parent. So, and anytime there's some type of of transition where they they're put into a position that wasn't by their choice, um, that's who it's designed to help. Beautiful. And yeah. Get them started young on these principles. What brings yeah. you the most passion these days? What brings me the most passion? Uh-huh. With your work. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if I can call it these days because it's something that's like I love to do for a long time now. Okay, that's work. Yeah, one of my most favorite things to do. Now, this is beyond my, my you know, work I do. It, I mean, I, I love doing that and I do it every day. But one of the things I love to do is to gather um, women and go on retreats. Whether and it's always to some place with warm water because I love warm water tropical places and I think it's very healing and the color of turquoise um, really helps us with um, speaking our truth and living in that heart space and healing. So I love to take um, you know small groups of women on these retreats and because you know there are you know a group of them usually we're able to go places that they normally would not ever get to experience in this life because of either the expense or fear of not, you know, of going alone or just, and so they, I love taking people to these type of places who've um, never been, but, you know, fulfills a dream for them and they're able to do it and they make new friends and it's just a great time. That's just something that totally fulfills me. That's a great I thing. I love it so much. I watched several of the testimonials of people that have been on your programs. And they're just, I mean, you can hear it in the voices and you can see the tears of joy in people's eyes. There's something about an experience with you that people get who they are. And I think some fears are put in the past and they can embrace who we are, I mean, like the flower, sunny flower in your book, I mean, we are all so unique. And to get to that point to experience the true you and get that you are special, and your life matters. And I think, I don't even think I know, Dr. Martha, you're one of those people. So it's it just I can see it in the testimonials of people that have been with you, and worked yeah, with and you that, that this, it, it's beautiful. It also, yeah, and it also reminds us that there's so much more than the pain we're in. There's so much more than just this living in that, like the dragonfly, you know, starts out in the water in these dark murky waters. There's so much more um, above that in the light doing that free and happy things. And there's just so much more than that. That's great. We only have a few minutes more left. Is there anything I haven't asked you that I should or anything that you're drawn that you want to share just as closing words? Um, well, I don't know about closing words, but I do want to share that um, um, we were talking about me being in Arizona, that my sessions are available on video conferencing, phone sessions. Um, we don't have to come into the office um, there are many ways to connect with me if a person is is guided, and they don't have to be here in Arizona. I am nationwide. I think you're worldwide. <laughs> yeah, yes, this is true. You are. 
especially when I'm working with clients from a beach someplace. <laughs> uh, not a bad thing. Do you, do you still do psychic medium readings and psychic readings and things like that? Um, I do. I do. Um, yes, I do psychic um, mediumship I um, or intuitive readings, however you want to mm-hmm. call it. Um, there's always an element of spiritual counseling with me. The way I work with people is I am connecting with their deceased loved ones, their guides, their higher selves. The message when they work with me is, you know, we might tap into um, not just those the people that they're looking for, but they're always getting messages and guidance um, for their um, life, basically. So it's kind of a um, always going to be a, a combination with me. It's not just going to be a reading about right. someone else on the other side. There's always um, clarity and advice and answers that come through. So it's always a combo. Absolutely. Well, that's that. who you are, helping people find the balance. And, and oh, and I wanted to ask you too about your self hypnosis audio CDs. Are those still available out in the world somewhere? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're available on my uh, website, uh, which you mentioned earlier, which was insightsforlife.center. Um, they're all available on Amazon as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the listeners out there, I also have an app, and it's a free app um, that I created. And the name of the app is insights for life you'll notice it by a little sunflower um, when you pull up the app store and on there there are four free apps one of the um there's low or not low i'm sorry there is one for uh, self-sabotage negative thinking panic anxiety those are all free they're just quick 10 minute resets and it doesn't matter which one you listen to they'll all help you in any uh, moment of need when you need, um, you know, just that little voice in your ear that helps you through something, um, as well as those same hypnosis CDs um, are also available on there for um, for purchase as well. Fantastic. When we are yeah. done with this interview, I'm going to go download one. <laughs> and listen, I could use a little empowerment today on my... Yes. Uh, my day with my head cold. I'm okay, but I, I did feel a little blue today. So you're the perfect person to talk to. Well, Dr. Martha, orange. thank you. Put some orange on. Orange is good. Happy. Yeah, because if you, if you think about the color wheel, what is the opposite of blue? On the color wheel is orange. Oh, very interesting. So if you're feeling blue, bring in some joy. You know, if you're feeling you know, unsafe, which is red, you bring in green. If you look at the color wheel, because green is about peace and safety and, and connection. So just always check your color wheel. Um, you can find those that balancing color to help you. Very good. I'm sitting here wearing black pajamas. That's probably not the best color. <laughs> for where I'm well, at. in the color world, black is all colors and okay. white is no color. But in the energy world, it's the absolute opposite. Hmm. In the co- in the energy world, in frequency, black is the absence of light, and and white consists of all colors, the spectrum. So, yep, if you're feeling down, you wouldn't want to wear black because it's the it is the absence of energy. So you want to feel better, you're going to want to put some white on, at least underneath it in your undergarment. Okay, I'll do white with a little orange and I'll sit and listen to one of the audios, the hypnotic audios on your app. Yay! Yeah. 
Well, and even if it's not orange, but maybe just some orange juice or some vitamin okay. C to bring your immune system up. So you can get it in that area as well. That would be probably more beneficial to your cold. Thank you, doctor. (laughs) Oh, Dr. Martha Reed, thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you. I very much appreciate it and you. Oh, ditto to you. And to our listener, thank you for spending the hour with us. You can find out more about Dr. Martha Reed at her website, insightsforlife.center. As you may or may not know, all episodes of We Don't Die Radio, and now number 289, this is, are available at wedontdieradio.com. And there's some free gifts there for you as well. I've got a great Facebook group that has been created by listeners called We Don't Die Listeners. You can find that on Facebook. Great place to keep in touch with people. I am starting to do my first live events in Boston, February 22nd through 24th. There will be speakers coming from around the world, all about evidence of the afterlife and living a powerful life. You can find out more at wedontdieboston.com. And in March, there will be one in Orlando. And you can find out more at wedontdieorlando.com. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain, and I'm always so delighted to be your host on We Don't Die Radio. I do believe that life is an education for the soul, that your life here on earth is important. Add some color to your life. Trust where you are is the right place to be. Everything really is a growth for your soul. Find out more, I say, about Dr. Martha Reed at Insights for Life dot center and think of that dragonfly and we all have a little something that's out of balance and boy does it feel good to have those moments being in balance so thank you for listening and we'll see you soon